Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the Potted Together podcast. My name is Adam and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Becca and Nicole. Oh, hey. I think think Becca's... Just say hi, Becca. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Sorry. (laughs) You're muted. Oh, you're... (laughs) <laughs> You're muted. Oh, only for you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Got some background sound. <laughs> do you want me to redo that? No. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's very on brand. It it's is. very on brand. Yeah. All right. I know that you guys love our ketchups, but today we're skipping the ketchups because we have a very special guest in the studio, i.e. on our FaceTime. Um <laughs> Today, we are chatting with a friend all the way across the globe in a completely different hemisphere. He wrote, conducted, and performed the amazing theme song you just heard at the top of this episode. He is an avocado enthusiast, a creative genius, and an all-around kind human. He has a YouTube channel, over 10,000 subscribers, and recently started a second channel, which we will chat about in this episode. He has a mane of hair that would make (laughs) Fabio jealous. Let's welcome... To the Potted Together podcast, Scott from Scott Grows an Avocado Tree. Scott! Oh, th- thank you very much for that introduction, Adam. That was lovely. G'day, guys. It's great to be here. It's a it's a beautiful Saturday morning uh, when when we're recording. I know it's a, it's an evening somewhere for you guys. Uh, so it, it's yeah. great to be here. Thank you for having me. We've been trying to line this up for a while, and it's final. It's nice to finally be making it happen. I yes. know, yeah. We had some trouble with some time zones and some schedules, i.e. I screwed up big time. Uh, <laughs> so it's okay. I'm sorry. This, this happens. We're, we are all busy people and time zones make it tricky. You know, they sent me a whole bunch of dates and times and most of them were like at 2 a.m. in the morning or yeah. at like 10 a.m. <laughs> when I'm at work. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, 2 a.m.? You don't work. want to record at 2 a.m.? Wouldn't that be fun? I do. I think most of the greatest creative work happens after midnight. But um, I'm getting old, you know. Um, Beck same. and I both turned 26 recently. Uh, so mm-hmm. On the we, same we day. Share, on the same day, we are birthday oh. buddies. I we didn't are. know that. Same yeah, same so age fun. to the day. Yeah. Yeah, and well, it wouldn't be. We, who would have been born first then? Because I it suppose would have just been you. because of the. I suppose it would have been me, just because Australia is is ahead of the US. Um, yeah. But wait, so what time I, were you were you born though? Okay, um, I was born at like six a.m. Western. Oh, was it Western day? Western Standard Time. So I was born in Perth, Western Australia. I now we live in Melbourne, uh, which mm-hmm. is on the east coast. So uh, that was to be slightly closer to the US time, but probably not that much closer. It was like two hours closer. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was born at like 620 something in the morning on March 31st. So you would have been born before me just because of the time That's zone. That's okay. But I mean, That's it's pretty so close. That's so cool. <laughs> Wait, so that means that like our sun and moon like astrology signs are probably exactly the same. Like we probably have all the same placements. I actually no, probably tell not. you nothing about mine. I... <laughs> It's not something that I have looked into. Uh, I'm happy for you to do the work there, Becca. That's fine. And tell them all about it. Uh, it's not something that I'm, uh, I, I delve into very deeply. Yeah, fair enough. Actually, I think we would not have the same ones because we're born in different places. Like, it also goes off of location that you were born, I think. So Yeah. Of course. Just, just we have, we have different stars down here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you exactly. do. We do. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's funny is I was I was backpacking through Europe in college and I ha- hung out with some people from Mel- Melbourne, but they made fun of how I said Melbourne. We do make fun my- of how you say Melbourne. 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 <laughs> Melbourne. There's a bin. It's just a B. If you if you just imagine there's no vowel in between the B and the N, and you, you will naturally put the schwa because we're English speaking. Um, Melbourne. Just bin. Melbourne. 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 Perfect. Look at you guys. Oh, yeah, look speaking at like locals now. Look at Gosh. me. Find me a crocodile. I need to wrestle it. <laughs> oh boy. Just <laughs> kidding. Um, Scott, let's talk about plants, shall let's we? Let's talk about plants, please. That's why we are all here. That's why we're listening. That's what we are here for. What wonderful things. Oh my goodness. They're I, full of wonder. I guess. I want to know how you got into plants. Is it something that you've always been into? You seem like akin to us. I think all of us, we all kind of get into like hobbies. Mm. And I feel like that's a lot of plant people. But yeah, what's your journey with your plants? So for my plants, ooh. So I, uh, my, my mother especially has always been into plants. I've had house plants around the house growing up. Uh, and also like gardening. I, I really enjoy gardening. And that's probably where my personal journey began more so. Um, when we, when I moved out of home for the first time, just before I got married, I planted some sunflower seeds in our, in our rental properties strip of garden. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Look at these things grow. I'm making it happen. And then started getting plants and just decide, you know, as many of us do, we just kind of fall down a rabbit hole and we just like, oh, there's, a, there's, I feel like there's a phase of accumulation where we just like to get all the plants that we see. Yes. And that <laughs> happened for me both for outdoor plants and indoor plants. And we're, we're looking at the prospect of potentially moving within the next little while and thinking about, oh, we've got a lot of plants in pots outside at the moment and they're big and that's going to be an interesting challenge. Um, <laughs> but, we've all been there. Uh, I think, <clears throat> oh, yeah. So I think that was, I find uh, generally things that grow just very beautiful. You know, I'm a a teacher, uh, that's my day job. I teach uh, junior primary or your elementary in the US. Uh, And I think I'm just drawn to things that grow slowly over time. I think there's a real beauty in that. And you see that in plants and it's just lovely to have all of these living things around you that responds. It's just, it's great. Um, so that's kind of where I started with my enthusiasm with plants. I did spend a bit of time while I was at university. Um, one of my jobs that I was doing, I was uh, working part time on a herb farm. So I, I'd worked mm-hmm. a couple of years just as a bit of a farm hand. So it, which was lots of fun. Uh, I learned a lot about 
you know, just keeping plants and, and what they like and what people use them for. And uh, I really enjoyed that experience. And uh, I guess that, that was partly responsible as well for kind of igniting this just interest in plants that I have and, and keeping them and caring for them. And, uh, and it's, I think that's, yeah, I've rambled a little bit there and I've kind of lost my train of thought slightly, <laughs> but that, that's kind of where uh, my enthusiasm for plants has come. I'm now kind of more in a just... I have, I'm trying to buy less plants as we've all gone through those phases as well, partly mm-hmm. because plants can get very expensive and just because um, coming out of the pandemic and we're not home all the time, uh, well, I'm not anyway, yeah. I, <laughs> caring for all of these plants is a little more taxing than perhaps it was while we were in lockdowns. So, so true, yeah. yeah. In a bit of a phase Definitely. where uh, of consolidation before then thinking about what else would I like to add to my collection? But uh, yeah, I, I just really like plants. I think they're really cool. I love that. I love your, your uh, I guess, image of like watching things grow slowly related to your, you know, love for teaching. I mean, mm. I hope you love it. You're still doing it. So <laughs> I am still doing it. It has been a, an interesting little while of teaching throughout the pandemic. Teaching yeah. is a is a challenging job and we have it reasonably good in Australia. I know um, having conversations with teachers in other places, you know, we have it reasonably good, but it's still, it's hard work. Um, the hours are very long, but we have also got um, some perks. We have school holidays. They're great. Yeah. I had two weeks. This is my, this was actually, we're coming off mm-hmm. now from the first week back. So prior to this week, I had two weeks off, which is great. Uh, it means I get to make lots of videos and and things which Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh another hobby which i'm sure we'll talk about at some point over the course of this podcast um yeah but yeah i think uh, there's a real beauty in in watching things grow and being a part of that as well uh, and and teaching for me is certainly a part of that because i get to see these small humans develop and i have a guiding (laughs) role in you know their abilities not not directing who they are as people but giving them the tools to become who they will be so what's yeah. the typical age range of kids that you teach? Do you teach so all this grades? Year, yeah, so I'm a generalist teacher. I studied primary and secondary. So that's like our all school that's not college in Australia. Um, so through from kind of age five to age 18. I okay. am teaching in a primary school. So that's kind of age five to age 12. I teach in a multi-age uh, environment, so I have uh, foundation year one and year two in my classroom. So it's a, an interesting setup. It's a little unusual compared to a lot of other schools, but it's lots of fun. Um, I am enjoying teaching the younger ones. This is my first year teaching foundation. Uh, there's lots of things that I'm learning, which is great for me as a professional, and it's uh, it's an interesting time. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, so Beck has mentioned this before on the podcast about your, po- your YouTube channel, Scott Grows an Avocado Tree, and how, like, if anybody on the internet ever searches for anything regarding avocados, they're going to come across the avocado Jesus. Yes. Scott. <laughs> they, they're going to come across your channel. So what was it about avocados that, like, got you hooked and also wanting to create at a space, a channel, a creation all about avocados mostly? Mm-hmm. That is a great question. I <laughs> started Scott Grows an Avocado Tree just over four years ago. Um, I was 
Uh, still at university at that time. I was in my final year. It was Saturday morning. My wife was at work. I just had a good run. I came home and I, I cooked myself a big breakfast. This is this was a time that I just liked doing big cookups. So you know, bacon and eggs and hash browns and avocado. mushrooms. And I had an avocado with it. <laughs> and um, pair that with me as a young person. Go, I like videos, and I had have had little YouTube projects here and there over the past. And I was like, I, I want to think. I feel like. What if I took the seed from this avocado that I've had for breakfast and I film me like setting it up and, and growing it and then like periodically I would make another video about its growth and just kind of document the growth of this one avocado. And so I started doing that and uh, I made a handful of videos doing that before eventually the avocado, or we named it actually, we had about... 50 subscribers and I put up a poll um, I had to because I <laughs> YouTube at this point didn't have that you couldn't make polls and I didn't have a community feed but yeah. I you know go to this go to this website there's a link here um, fill in the poll uh, or or maybe it was email I don't remember but we can't we named it Norbert very sweet oh, Norbert. Name. <laughs> um, Norbert never That's he, a lots dragon of words. in Harry Potter I think Norbert the yes ignore me I think Norbert is one of the... Is he a Norwegian Ridge, Ridgeback? No. Oh, no, the one yeah. that Hagrid grows in his hut. Gross. Oh, oh yes. what's his name? Is it Norbert? It's mm, Norbert, okay. and then they find out later that it's a female from Bill. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Norbert was growing lots of roots. It was going great, and then he never grew a shoot, and then he died. Um, so oh, go, oh, Norbert. Well, that's um, that's interesting. So I started another attempt, and, and at around that time... I started to oh maybe I'll make other videos here and there about plants and things and I was like I was I'm growing other avocados because I just you know I ate avocados so I start growing the seeds and it's, oh I could make videos about other avocado things and so over time I just started gradually making these fairly specific well how do you do how do you prune the avocado oh what soil do I use and over time just kind of built up this bit, a bit of a bank of very specific avocado advice. Um, videos, tutorials, me discussing different <laughs> things. Um, around 2020, I, be, I was, oh, I'm really enjoying this one. I'm going to do many more videos. So just like really like, oh, I'm just exploring avocado things everywhere. And since then I've grown avocados in fish tanks and we're germinating them or starting the seeds in lots of different ways and experimenting with different things you can do and, and doing different things with the avocado fruits themselves and other plant things from time to time, conducting experiments, getting my audience to conduct experiments with me. Uh, it was just been lots of fun. Yeah. So why avocados? I don't have a good answer to that. I think it was fairly serendipitous, fairly incidental. I it just took me one morning, and and four years later, I'm <laughs> I'm still making videos about them, and I'm having lots of fun with it. And you're yeah, known as many... an avocado man. <laughs> I, some people know me as the avocado man, and it, which is interesting when that starts to spill over into my real life. Um, <laughs> I was teaching a year five, six, so they're kind of 11 and 12 year olds um, a couple of years ago, and somehow they stumbled upon my YouTube channel, and oh boy, Ooh, did I know about it. They they thought it they thought it was amazing. They thought it was really cool that their teacher was a YouTuber. So I had like a thousand subscribers at this point. Um, I just <laughs> kicked over that milestone. Um, so this is this was a couple of years ago. Um, and I since then don't like to publicise it in any environment in my real life that I do this, but occasionally it gets out. Uh, yeah, but it, it's yeah. interesting and 
And but it's nice talking to people and and people around the internet get in touch with me about the things that they're doing with their avocados and uh, and it's interesting and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> how many avocados do you have growing in your house right now? Like, Inside, very you... few, actually. Um, okay. Mo- outside, there's a couple of dozen at this point. Couple but winter's coming for you, right? So, do those come inside? We So, in Melbourne, we get a little bit of frost. Um, but once they're over a couple of years old, I leave them outside. They, they can handle fairly low temperatures. Um, they can't handle, like, Becca would struggle to keep avocados outside <laughs> in her yeah. snow. The idea that, like, you have to shovel snow is very foreign to me um, yeah it was me too. it was to becca too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like that's not a that's not a factor in i don't think any part of australia i think maybe perhaps like the the 0.02 percent of australia that has like significant snow maybe but um i don't even think it's that much <laughs> they don't but, have um, they don't we, have we get some trees we get some frosts here in Melbourne, so uh, I but and avocados can handle that reasonably well. So they're in a fairly sheltered spot in the yard. They're in a little grove. They're all clustered together, so they've got a bit of protection from each other, and yeah. uh, they will stay outside. Yeah, which is nice. good because some of them is starting mm. to get quite large. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah. say yeah because if you had to bring them in, that'd be an awful lot of work. It would be, and just the space that they occupy is also fairly significant yeah well i have a question so have any of them ever fruited Mm, this is a great question let's talk about how avocados bear fruit because this is extremely (laughs) interesting and i don't just say this as someone who's enthusiastic about avocados because you know i'm gonna have a bit of bias there i say this because the way that they do this is bizarre okay so the short answer no they haven't bared fruit yet um and they won't for another few years they need to have mature uh root wood to do that and that takes kind of 10 years to develop you can speed that up through grafting so when you take a, a mature scion or branch from a, a, another tree and attach it to the rootstock and i'm going to be getting into that uh soonish i've got some uh um cultivated trees that, that are particular varieties that i've taken from a nursery uh, and i or bought from a nursery i didn't take them and um, and I'll, I'll eventually I'll be taking off branches to attach to the roots of other trees. Um, cool. But avocados, super bizarre. So even after you get around, like it takes a long time, they can't self-pollinate. Now, lots of plants in the natural kingdom can't self-pollinate. This is like a this is an adaptation to try and encourage more genetic diversity. It's good to have a, a genetically diverse population. If there's a particular issue, there's less less likely that they're all going to get wiped out due to a certain disease or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. it's beneficial to prevent inbreeding. Avocado. So lots of mm. plants are either male or female. So they have male flowers or female flowers so the male flowers they have the male genetic material so the pollen and the female flowers will have the female genetic material the ovum the the egg and once they do their thing or the <laughs> the insects do their thing rather uh and they will <laughs> yeah. then make a seed make a fruit avocados are have both male and female flowers but not at the same time they, oh, that's hard. It's, it's, it's very strange. So avocados, some avocado trees will be have female flowers in the morning and then over the course of the day, they will retract the 
the name's escaping me right now, but the, the part which allows pollen to get into the ovum, they'll close that up and they will open up their pollen parts. So they'll become male in the afternoon. And the inverse mm. is also true for some varieties. So some start male in the morning and then over the course of the day become female. So you need Whoa. at least two trees of those complementary varieties, one where the, yeah. there's a male variety at one point and a female variety at the same point so that they can actually pollinate to get fruit which i when i found that i was just like that's wild that's amazing that is mind-blowing it's absolutely brilliant um but also means that if you're just growing one tree and you're wondering why has it never grown fruit you know it's so old it's growing flowers why hasn't it's because you need two you need two to tango look at that at least two (laughs) Two of the right kind yeah. That's right, which also gets really tricky. Store, you know, when you grow something from seed, avocados are heterozygous. So like many plants, they're not true to seed. So if you take the fruit from a mother plant, so like a Haas, avocado is one we most of us have in our countries, and you grow it, mm-hmm. it's not going to grow Haas avocados. It's going to be genetically different from the seed that it came from. And of course, this is because, it, you know, avocados evolution doesn't want them to produce the same thing every time it's good to have a variety uh so grafting Mm. is the way we get around that so we take the scion from another tree put it on and then that is going to continue to produce the tree that it came from so when i take a cutting from my harsh tree and put it on one of my homegrown avocado seeds that will then grow harsh avocados as well it's we're cloning which i think is wonderful as well it's just very interesting I'm like mind blown. I have not given avocados the respect that they deserve. <laughs> Seriously. They are, oh, they are such amazing things, aren't they? Yeah. That's so That's cool. That's wild. I feel like there's so many things in this world though, like if you were to like deep dive into it, mm. you could learn just so much. Like just even about like one houseplant genus, like just so many one singular house plan there's so many things about it like that's just so cool yeah all of creation is full of wonders it is uh, an amazing there's just so many amazing things that's right and i you, you've heard you might have we heard, hear the phrase the more you learn the less you know and i think that uh, my experience is certainly true of that you know you start delving into something and you go oh, there's more here and you keep digging it's like wow um but that's and that's for everything <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like everything in the world is really? like grass. Wow, it's everything. Every, everything is just so like intricate and complex. And to think that we can be experts in more than one thing, it's like wow. So I don't even consider myself an avocado expert. I haven't studied these formally. You know, there are, there are botanists out there. There are avocado farmers who have much more knowledge than I do. And I'm just like, there's a lot to know here. This is amazing. <laughs> well, wow. you're pretty you're pretty knowledgeable, and that's that's a good little segue to talk about your second channel, actually, Please. which is called. That's pretty cool. It is. And that's a pretty cool channel name. I tell you, you have an Instagram page and a channel. One that I was recently watching, which I think you just put this out a couple weeks ago, was about brain freeze. Yes. Oh, yes. The complexities behind brain freeze, it just goes to show like we really don't think about why things happen and and like how they happen it just happens and it's something we deal with and the mcdonald's mm-hmm. frozen coke i must say i I'm a saw big that McDonald's frozen coke and girl. i was like nicole loves the frozen coke and i didn't even know it existed <laughs> and you were just chugging it down and i was waiting and i was like oh it's gonna hurt so bad because i get that brain freeze every time i have one but 
<laughs> I'm slow really down. enjoying this you gotta channel. Slow down. <laughs> you gotta slow down. I'm really enjoying this channel. It's so informative and it's I mean, you're just an amazing teacher, honestly, Scott. Like you make it so simple. Your videos are so friendly for all ages and you put them in a perspective where it's just so easy to understand, which mm-hmm. just circles back to you being such a great teacher. Well, thank you very much for that, Nicole. I think that there's so many interesting things and obviously I have received some training and have been working as a teacher for four years now. So I I have got some skills and I I love education. I love teaching people, love showing people the amazing things in the world. And uh, that's pretty cool is is a vehicle that I'm using to explore lots of things and and share and teach and educate. And it's it's fun. So I, I, you know, I love avocados. And I love going into all of the intricacies of avocados on my channel, uh, on Scott Grows and Avocado Tree. But there are there are more things in the world than avocados. And I really want to get into other stuff as well as just talk about avocados. And I feel quite, I was feeling quite, um, backed into a corner maybe, uh, just because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, there's so many interesting things, but nobody watches my videos when they're not about avocados. That's not true. I have a, you know, my core fantastic subscribers of avocado enthusiasts who just love to watch my <laughs> videos when I make things that aren't necessarily avocado related on my avocado channel. I th- I'm very appreciative. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to just make videos about more broad topics that weren't just avocados. And so that's, that's yeah. where that's pretty cool was born from. And there are a few plant related videos on there obviously I love plants and I think they're really cool so I've made a few videos on there you know about the way plants move and and just about trees in general because trees are amazing you you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be surprised trees are just like oh my gosh these things are amazing oh this anyway um (laughs) so it's, it's fun it's been fun to explore lots of different things and um I love the um the style that I'm kind of developing I love to create a, a bit of a handcrafted experience yes. Yes. of my, mm-hmm. my so drawings creative. and stop motion. And it means that my videos take a really long time to make because mm-hmm. it just takes a long time to animate something like that and draw yeah. stuff. But um, I love the kind of the vibe it gets and I can really be very specific with what I'm showing because I'm making it myself by hand and, and it's lots of fun and people have been receiving it really well. And uh, I, and yeah, excited to bring a sense of wonder about everyday things because everything's just such a complex, interesting thing. There's just so many interesting things in the world and it's fun to delve into them. Yeah. 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 And you, you look like you're having a really good time with it. And that's, that's another, that's another thing that's really cool. It's fun to find something that you really love to do and that you enjoy doing. And that comes off in your videos. Like you just look like you're having a good time and you're having fun. And I feel like people learn better that way, you know, when you're not monotone and you're just really just going with it and your Mm -hmm. illustrations are so fun and yeah, it's it's a really cool channel. People, I think it's going to take off. People are going to really love it. Oh, yeah. thank you. I, I wish I had more time to make more videos because like, I'm kind of only getting one out of Fortnite. At <laughs> Don't the we all? And, and, oh man, <laughs> time is is not on our side in this sense. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. but thank you. I, I appreciate that, and um, I'm having a lot of fun with it as well. I can't wait to see uh, where I take it and where it goes and the where the audience goes as well. It's it's going to be fun. Yeah. What is okay? So when you mentioned that like you spend a lot of time on something that maybe gets like two seconds of airtime, like our time lapses, uh, they take a lot of time. And it's so funny because like people like us appreciate it. Cause we're like, we know what went into mm-hmm. that, but yeah. like most people are just like, Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> 
But I love that on your Scott Grows an Avocado Tree, you know, houseplant tours always do so well on any of our YouTube channels, but I hate doing them. <laughs> Me too. And I actually have never done a full one. I've just done like my bedroom house plants. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw yours, Scott, and it just was like, ugh, I love this because it was a spin on the houseplant tour, but you just did time lapse of all your plants. It's so mm-hmm. cool. I love time lapses. I love capturing time lapse photography. I To be able to see something move in a way that we never see it move, because yeah. plants, a lot of plants do a lot of moving. Um, uh, some plants don't do much. They just sit there. But lots of plants, they do things during the day. And it's really interesting. You don't, you can't see that with your eyes because we just move a lot faster unless, unless you have a, a way to take photos and then speed it up. You don't see it. And I, uh, yeah, I've been wanting to do mm. a bit of a houseplant tour just to, just to keep track partly for me just to see what my plants are doing now and also to mm-hmm. share because people are interested. But I was like, how am I going to do this differently? Because I... I've never enjoyed watching somebody just tour their house plants for 40 minutes. Um, that's just me. I, yeah. It's not something that I uh, I enjoy okay. watching a lot of. So I was like, how can I do this a bit differently? Oh, I'm going to take time lapses. So over the course of about a month, I set up um, one of the old iPhones that I use for my time lapse photography. Uh, I use the app Skyflow. I have a, a tutorial on my channel if you're interested. <laughs> um, uh, and <laughs> I, yeah, like just shot a bunch of time lapses and then run them together. And it's lovely to be able to watch all of my plants doing their thing during the day. There's some really interesting things going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And just the movement alone, like you said, it's so cool to watch. I think everybody truly enjoys time lapse. Um, even like watching reels or, you know, mm. TikToks, which I'm not on TikTok, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, they're fun. They're so fun to watch, but it does a lot of work goes behind them. And I, people just don't realize that like it, it's an all-day thing. I mean, some of them are overnight, you know. Absolutely. A couple days worth. Yeah, um, like if you watch a calathea, I know that we've we've got some very we're very enthusiastic about calathea here, especially. <laughs> yeah, <Nicole>. we are. <laughs> Um, uh, I have become less enthusiastic since we got a dryer and we're no longer uh, drying our clothes inside all the time. That humidity's dropped. So we lost a couple of plants when we made that switch, which is a bit sad. But um, Calathea are amazing. They've got at the base of their of their leaves that... Um... Uh-oh. <laughs> what are they called? I need to look in my notes. You're fitting right in, Scott. Um, Pulvenai, Pulvenai, that's what it is. Um, sorry about that bit of dead. Oh, I do not there. know that word, so you're fine. <laughs> so, at the base of this is this is plants generally. At the base of their leaves, they have a, an organ, I suppose we'll call it, called the pulvenai, which is attaches it to the petiole, which is the part that links the the stem to or the the leaf to the the main trunk or the or the um, roots, whatever, um, depending on what plant it is, and. Calathea have an overly developed one. They're able to adjust the terger pressure. Terger pressure is how much water is in the cells of a plant. If if there's more water, there's higher terger pressure. It's more taut. Imagine like blowing up a balloon. When there's more Mm -hmm. air, it gets bigger and it's solid. And when you take the air out, it's all floppy. And Calathea can manipulate the amount of water in them and therefore move their leaves and they have a they have a nictinastic 
a movement cycle. They will, Nick Dynastic, they're not, it's not caused by the sun. It's not caused by heat or anything. At night, they'll close up and during the day, they open up. We're not sure why they do this. It's hard to ask a plant why it does anything. Uh, but they'll just do this by themselves. They essentially have elbows and they move over the course of the day and it's amazing. So you capture the, the calathea overnight because they, they close up and it's like, oh, oh, what are they doing? And then they open up again in the day and it, it's amazing. And as far as we know, it's nothing to do with sunlight it, it, because there are plants which will tilt themselves during the day um, through yeah. like phototropism and, and heliotropism. Uh, well, they'll, they'll grow towards it or they will just rotate their leaves. Some plants do that, but calathea, they, no, they're just doing their own thing. You put them in a dark room, they'll still close up at night. Amazing. That's yeah. so cool. It's funny to think about them having elbows. Like, what a funny concept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that analogy. Yeah, my first my first plant was a, a calathea, and uh, I thought it was dying because I was like, when it's it drooping, up. like because it just kept moving, and I was just like, oh no, I need to give it more water. I, I've said this before, and I was, I just drowned the dang plant like very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I would be, I would be shocked if someone didn't know much about Clathia and then got their first one and they didn't do that same exact thing because it does. It looks like it's dying when they curl their leaves up like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> um, Live and learn. I want to know what the plant market is like because okay, so randomly, I don't yeah. know, I don't know why, uh, but I feel like I have a. Well, we probably all have like a good chunk of Australian followers. Well, probably because people all over the world like plants and they don't really care. Yep. And people all over the world love this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it always baffled me at what was hard to get in Australia, and I, you know. It's a very ethnocentric view of like, oh, United States is like all I've ever been in my entire life. But mm-hmm. I know the world is much bigger than this country. Um, but it still baffles me like what plants are so hard to find slash commercially rare there. So mm-hmm. what are some like plants that you would like that you are just not able to ever get your hands on in Australia? Like, are there any that you can That's think a good of? question. Um, we have very tight like border security rules so australia just ecologically is very unique because it's been so separate from the rest of the world for so long our ecosystem has evolved developed over time to be very unique and so uh over time you know as as colonization happened and people started introducing things we very quickly learned that introducing things to the country and then just letting them go nuts is very troublesome um and this happens with both uh, animals and plants and as well uh, fungus and stuff as well things we don't mean to bring in um can cause real problems so getting plants into the country is quite a challenge so we i see uh, people like you guys doing your imports and i go oh man that'd be that'd be nice um and there are ways to do it but it's quite a process and by the time that you go through the process it becomes it's not financially very (laughs) um, viable you just may as well just go through someone local so I think, but for the general like houseplant market, like nothing's really unavailable per se. I know that our prices can be quite different and just over time, I haven't bothered with things that are too expensive because I'm just like, ah, at some point, if I really want something, I'll be able to track something down. But um, it's, it, it, but it does mean that trading plants, I can't do that internationally. And even within Australia, like I, I have a friend in uh, in WA, houseplant Pixie, Monique, we... 
uh, we I'm gonna at some point be getting some plants off her. I'll buy some plants from her, some cuttings, and she can send them across to me. But I couldn't do the same thing across to her because oh, really? there are there are uh, I, I guess this side of Australia, you know, um, white colonists came here first. I don't actually know the reason, but we have less strict rules about sending things within Australia, but. Western Australia, even South Australia and Tasmania, they are still trying to maintain their environment from different pests and things, and you can't just send a plant across. Uh, you, if you drive across the border, you need to take out any um, anything that is a plant, really, and wow. put it in their disposal bins. And there's different pl- pests they're tracking for that. You know, you can't tra- take fruit across the border because of fruit fly infestations that they're trying to prevent, which makes it interesting. Um yeah, so I don't have any, like, specific examples from the houseplant market, really. I know that, like, most of the plants that I see you guys having, like, are available here, if you're willing to pay the price. Um, yeah. And a lot of your your more rare or commercially rare, you know, things like Alocasia, Monstera, Albos, they're still very they're more expensive over here, I think, than, than they are mm-hmm. for you guys. Um, because you, you can't import them from other countries where, and then mm. it, it's, they're just less available. Wow. Yeah. I think, well, I was going to ask, is there anything invasive? Like, are there any banned houseplants that you can't have at all that you're aware of? Cause I, I think there are, mm. there's like a certain type of Deschidia, I think that's banned in the U S and if they find out you have it, they'll like the USDA like comes to your house to take it. Really? Yeah, I I don't remember what it was, but it happened to someone I follow on Instagram. Like, literally, the government showed up at her door and was like, we know you have this plant. We need to (laughs) confiscate it. And they, like, burnt it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, that sounds like a Monsters, Inc., like... Forty nine, forty three, nineteen, or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, that would be that would be traumatic. <laughs> they didn't do it in front of her, but they like took it and disposed of it. You know, and got it'd be it. better if they would have done it on like yeah. the front door. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is traumatic an idea. Um, from what I there are banned plants. None of the like common ones that we would even think about. Um, there are more banned varieties in like the controlled states. So WA, South Australia, Western Australia, South Australia, and Tasmania, they have more, there, there is a greater list of things, but generally not houseplants. Houseplants generally aren't super invasive. So, mm-hmm. And especially, you know, cold places, they're not going to do too well either, which, uh, yeah. you know, Tasmania, a lot, very cold uh, or dry, super dry places. Western Australia, very hot, very dry. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that's a reason why houseplants specifically aren't super banned, but there are there are a list of plants that you're not allowed to bring into Australia. Certainly, I don't have mm-hmm. a list of them, but there there are plants <laughs> which we can't bring in. Yeah, you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We should have given you homework so you could give us the <laughs> the full report. <laughs> there are animals that are, I know that you can't bring. There's lots of animals that you're not allowed to bring into Australia. I can talk about them. Like there are no flamingos in Australia anymore. 
No way. No flamingo. Well, they're not native. There were at one point. What's wrong with flamingos? Yeah. Invasive species, apparently. Are they? Uh, Wow. (laughs) There were three at one point. Um, since then, they they have all died. I think Chile, the oldest one, was like seventy. Lived in Adelaide Zoo. Oh my gosh! Um, Seven, oh my gosh! Seven zero. Yeah, birds, bird, birds, birds are amazing. Um, <laughs> oh, birds! And and we we have our own our own native birds. Um, you know, we have sulphur crested cockatoos. If you imagine the the big white birds with a yellow kind of crest yep. on top, and they sound like ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect impression. Thank you. I want to hear a kook- I want to hear a kookaburra now. I, I can give you a kookaburra in a moment. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, like they can live to be eighty years old as well. It's just like and they they're like super intelligent. It's just like birds are amazing. You hear a kookaburra? Okay, we we do get it. We don't get as many kookaburras as we do cockatoos in my area. But they kind of. I'll step away from the microphone. You gotta go. Like um, That's kind of how it goes. Yeah, they're so they're so scary. I don't know why. We have some scary birds. You know, um, I've seen videos of like crows figuring out puzzles, and I was like, "This is insane!" Like this, this crows. Yeah, birds are Very not something smart. that like I've never really known a lot about. That is so funny. I have a one of my best friends lives in um, Victoria. No, not Victoria. Uh, she lives on the Gold Coast. I don't know what state that's in. I don't remember. Queensland. Queensland. Okay, there we go. Queensland. When I would FaceTime with her when I was living in Tucson, she was always like, why is it so quiet? Like, there's no birds. Like, you don't have bird song just all the time? And I was like, no. And I never even thought about it. And then now that I'm living in Missouri, there's always birds or frogs. So now I get, like, why that was so weird. It's just, like, silent at night. So mm-hmm. weird. But over there, like anytime we'd be chatting, I'm like, what is that sound? She'd be like, oh, it's a kookaburra. She'd be like, oh, it's this bird, it's this bird. I'm like, sorry, are you okay? <laughs> there's so many wonderful parrots that make so many tremendous sounds. I know kookaburras, they're kingfishers, not parrots, they're wild animals. Um, and magpies, they have a beautiful song. They, they become yeah. the devil in like September and October. Those are the ones that you here. always see attacking people, right? Like swooping that, in on the bicycles. The, oh, gosh. Abs- yes. No. They are the ones that, that become <laughs> the devils and uh, very angry, only angry bird during like uh, early spring when they're nesting and then they've got young in the nest. They, they swoop you. <laughs> and um, you know, there are reports of people losing eyes um, and people because they go for the <gasps> oh head. Oh, my God. This is Alfred Hitchcock's type stuff here. There's this the birds. Maybe he came to Australia in spring and they oh, magpie. Um, I, I'm a runner, so I I get uh, my fair share of of swoopings. Um, I don't love running in September and October when they are nesting. Um, and you know, with lots of gum trees where I live and the trails that I run along, you know, lots of magpies. Um, so my strategy this year is whenever I see a magpie, I say hello to it. Maybe over time it'll it'll just learn They'll that I'm more American. They'll get to know you. But we'll <laughs> see. Uh, we'll see. There's lots of fluffy ones still around, um, young ones out of the nest. They're, they're not very timid because <laughs> they're scared. I will birds. say Literally. Of, oh, sorry. Sorry. Really no, quickly. Sorry. I will say one of the birds, which is, I think, one of the largest birds in the world, the emu. I have... Mm-hmm come to be very familiar with the emu lately i took a trip to kentucky and we went to kentucky down under and it was this <laughs> it's not what i was expecting when i heard a trip to kentucky to become familiar with the emus 
<laughs> I know. There were kangaroos all over the place and people were like, where are you? What are you doing? I don't think you should be there. But we took a picture with an emu and I got so many DMs about how evil and mean emus really are. And then I was introduced to Karen, the evil emu on YouTube. Do you know about Karen, the emu? I don't know about Karen. Tell me about Karen, Hilarious. the evil emu. It's so funny, but... But yeah, I know a lot about emus now thanks to uh I think I've come across on Karen on TikTok. Cuz I think TikTok. there's like a TikTok with Karen. Emu, yes. little emu Karen on TikTok. Wow, okay. We we ca- emus are not the the most evil of our big flightless birds though. We also have got the the cassowary. And that is a frightening bird. They're about oh, the same I don't even know what that is. Have you not seen a cassowary before? Okay, listener, no. you need to pause the the podcast and come back to us. You need to just search <laughs> cassowary and just, and just Google cassowary. We're all going to do it here. So we're all <laughs> Ca- castleberry. Cassowary. You, yeah. Um, a spelling. You spell it. Uh, oh, I got it. C a s s o w a r y. Oh, that is a monstrous bird. I need to look. It's prehistoric it does for look sure. Like a dinosaur. But it's um, kind of so pretty. We like... have, yeah, they are they're very beautiful, um, but also extremely frightening. So we have the southern cassowary in Australia. They're not a not so much a deal where I live. They're they're kind of far north Queensland, but you see them in zoos and things, and they're massive. Um, similar similar size to emus, but look at that yeah. crown on their head. Whoa, they've got yeah. this massive, gosh, like this that, body crest. Like they don't that use that. That's not the dangerous part. Look at those claws. Just look at the picture. No. Look, picture of their claws. Look how big oh they are. And like big, but just, like big, these big running birds, they've got like big strong legs. And though with those big claws, oh my gosh, they are frightening animals. That's um, awful. Yeah, they're just, just running around though. wild. Uh, I've never seen one in the wild, thankfully. Um, I've seen. They just kind of look like they're not as scary. They look but... like a toupee with legs and a beak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so do emus, though. They do have those beautiful feathers, which are a bit hairy. <laughs> I mean, I mean. I don't know how we got. Birds are descended from dinosaurs. It's a that's a thing. Um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're yeah, ratites, which are, the emus are also, as well as um, there's a bunch of uh, the kiwi in New Zealand. We don't have them over here. And the, the extinct rare are also from New Zealand. Um, mm. Yeah, amazing. Uh, what amazing creatures are these birds that don't fly, but they have extremely powerful legs. Like, wow. Crazy. And can run. And they can <laughs> run. Have you seen an emu run before? Oh, my gosh. It's like, whoa, <laughs> look at it go. I'm regretting my trip to this Kentucky Down Under, man. Like, I'm really, like, I'm thankful that I didn't lose an eye. Because <laughs> so I didn't tell you about um, kangaroos before you went either. Yeah, no, I know. I should have probably. Uh... Depends on the type <laughs> of kangaroo. Um, we have uh, They're Eastern... pretty docile. They can be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't get too close. I was a little nervous. That's okay. Uh, no, mo- most of the time, <laughs> kangaroos can be pretty docile. I on my run this morning, I passed a couple of mobs, so I saw a couple of dozen kangaroos. Some of them came Aww. fairly close to the because I they they they're active at dawn and dusk, so I often see them along one mm-hmm. of the trails I run. Um, oh, is there just it, like roadkill of kangaroo? Yeah, I mean, if you see, you've got deer. <laughs> of course, we've got to talk about roadkill. <laughs> we've got jumping deer. Um, oh, yeah. So kangaroos. Oh, you see them also wombats. They're, they're big and slow um yeah yeah it's a bit sad but yeah oh yes also very powerful legs 
<laughs> Very powerful. And they got a tail to stand tail. on. They create a tripod. And the and they tail just, to like, stand on. Oh, they've got brilliant tails. That's where... Um, we eat kangaroo in Australia. I'm not pulling your leg. That's something you can go to the supermarket and buy kangaroo uh, in most oh. places. We we have more kangaroos okay. than people. So, it, you know, it's not a... It cons- conservationly, it's not a problem. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the ta- the part... You eat the... Like the I believe it's like the bit at the back, the tail. It's very gamey. It's it's good. I wonder okay. if it would taste like a possum. Like I wonder if they Ew. would taste. Have you eaten an opossum? Is that something you guys no. do over there? No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not but, at all. <laughs> oh gosh, no. But I'm just saying they're both marsupials. You never know. <laughs> they are both marsupials. There we go. Um, we have we have also have possums down here. We have different kinds of possums, and possums are, are pretty cool. Um, we have two yeah. types. We have the brush tail and the ring tail. Ring tails are, are cute, and brush tails are scary. Just because they make scary noises, they sound. <laughs> I'm going to do another animal impersonation. Here we go. They kind of, you hear them late at night. They they crawl across. They or they walk across. They scatter across like the fence across from our driveway, and you hear them at night when you make a noise, and they'll they'll respond. They'll go, kind of thing. Ooh, like oh, what is that? Oh, it's a possum. It's all right. They look like they're just giant rats <laughs> i love possums they're so good they're, they're very sweet essential. We, like, we like possums it's um yeah yeah possums are different to yours um and this we, we've talked on this episode already about um introduced species and things um around when australia was being colonized and new zealand was also getting colonized around the same point in history uh, early colonizers were like and new zealand for context doesn't really have any native mammals there are a couple um like seals but there aren't really any native native mammals they're all birds which you get mm. very cool mm. but um, the early settlers, white settlers, decided, oh, Australia is just across the, the pond there. We bring over some brush-tailed possums and just, just see how they go. And they just got into everything. They became a huge problem. They had a, uh, they yeah. still have a big possum problem in New Zealand. We went to New Zealand a couple of years ago and because um, we're used to, you know, they're protected over here, possums. And in New Zealand, <laughs> no. You can, you can still like bring in possum tails to trade them for money like the, the government will still oh i think God. this is still the case put an asterisk there i, don't, I haven't fact checked this <laughs> but um <laughs> like, you can buy possum skins it's like what you can't buy possum yeah. skins they protect oh in australia they are but i think that's just like things that are in the wrong place uh in yeah. the wrong place the same with plants like, yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's... a weed is just a, a plant that's in the wrong place but the same for animals Amazing. Yeah, a weed that's is just is a plant in that's in the wrong place. That's such a cute saying. That is a that, I, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Put it Feel on free a to make Pot It Together merch. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just like lost as to why, like what the thought process was with, oh, New Zealand doesn't have any mammals. Ooh, let's bring some. Like there's no thought like, oh, maybe there's a reason they don't have them. Like what? And maybe there was it's no okay. thought. This is yeah. the story yeah, of okay colonization. 
where where people yeah. come and bring animals just they just do and then the animals cause problems like we have massive rabbit problems in australia they're not native here our, our animal our ecosystems don't know what to do with rabbit. we have very sandy soil it's like the rabbits just destroy everything so what did they do they added yeah. foxes and you know what what australia also doesn't have it doesn't really have any natural predators and so the foxes just destroy everything so what do we oh okay. there's this there's this cane beetle that came across with the cane sugar what do we introduce cane toads oh cane toads they get into everything and they come a real problem it's like there's a pattern here wow yeah but australia has like the world's deadliest animals so like that's been always i've always wanted to visit and i probably will eventually one day but that (laughs) terrifies me i just feel like i'm gonna walk off the plane and a wombat's gonna swoop me up and then like a snake's gonna bite me and a couple spiders are just gonna eat me i love the idea of a wombat swooping you up (laughs) like you could ride a wombat they're massive but they're not like angry unless you're in their burrows in which case they have a specially developed back which they use for crushing things that enter them they'll they'll back up at you and then like between their back and the roof of their burrow they'll just like bang like crush whatever is coming down there Amazing. Well, you are such a nerd and I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, you can, this like, is why I have my specific YouTube channels where I just talk yes. about stuff. I yes. know. Wombats are huge. I'm looking at pictures. I know. I saw I saw a picture in Australia where like a python on the side of the cliff was like eating a wombat and I was like <laughs> never going to no never going to Australia again. Well, ever. <laughs> Not again. Not been there. <laughs> you, you hear these stories of like, because Australia does, admittedly, desert environments generally produce venomous creatures. So we, and we, most of our country is desert. So we do have some venomous creatures, given. But like in like suburbia, suburbia and like even like outside of Sydney, because Sydney has the Sydney funnel web spider, which is the most deadly spider in the world, I think. Yeah, I know about that. Thank you, Scott. Um, don't go <laughs> you sent me a picture of that last week. <laughs> oh, I sent you a huntsman. That was different. Huntsmen's are fine. Oh, I have a huntsman, huntsman living in my letterbox at the moment. I collected a letter this morning and I was like, hello, They're huntsman. Huge. I don't really love you, but I'm going to, I can oh. see you just chilling there. That's okay. Um, oh, funnel no, webs, no. no. <laughs> don't, you don't want a funnel web in your letterbox because um, nobody's died since anti-venom was like widely available, but uh, widely available, but. Um, they're, they're very troublesome. Um, but generally speaking, I say that now. Um, but generally speaking, Australia is a pretty safe place. The animals are not gonna are not gonna try and kill you. Like I run alongside kangaroos regularly, and and I've only been chased once. You know, like it's oh, that would be enough for me. <laughs> that, I would need therapy. Like, oh, it's still there. Um, they watch you. You can you can watch them, and as you're running, you say you see all their heads just kind of turning. And it's like they know I'm no. here. I know they're there. We're respecting each other's spaces. It's okay. Um, <laughs> snakes. You just no. I haven't. You don't see many snakes in day to day life. I don't anyway. Um, which doesn't mean they're not necessarily there, but it means that yeah. I'm not seeing them. And what's out of sight is out of mind. <laughs> Adam's got a phobia. We need more uh, kangaroo content from Scott. Maybe I'll make a kangaroo video. There are some very interesting things which um, I don't quite know how to broach in a way that is super family friendly. We'll have a conversation (laughs) after the podcast, guys. Um, Okay. And for everybody else at home, you can Google (laughs) the reproductive system of a kangaroo because you will find it's absolutely wild. Imagine... And then your your imaginations, your expectations will just be blown away because it's way more bizarre than you could imagine. Oh. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. That's a that's an after after dark version of just the four of us. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> I'm Body trying to think. Dark. <laughs> yeah, PTAD. Um, 
I feel like there were so many questions that I wanted to ask you, and now they're just blank because like I'm just enamored by all of your knowledge about literally everything we talk about. Yeah, you were talking about things that I know about. It's like this is my country. I love this place. I love our wild animals and. But I think and- that, like, you know, as humans, Becca has said this before, too, you know, we all have second channels because we are nuanced. Like, we don't just have one thing that we love. And yeah. I love that you created your second channel because you are using that to explore, like, every cool topic from elections to trees. Which, by the way, when you were walking in that forest, is that, like, near you? Because that looked magical. Yeah. It did look magical. That that was in... Um, it's called the Californian Redwood Forest because it's very, we get very creative with our names because the trees are Californian <laughs> redwoods, um, yep. um, which is about uh, kind of an hour, not quite an hour's drive from where I am. Um, in the 30s, I think there was, a, there, there are different spots in this country. I think there was a bit of an exchange between our countries where we sent you a bunch of gum trees and they caught on fire every few years because gum trees just like to catch on fire. It's part of their it's part of their life cycle. They they need fire to make <laughs> seeds. I know that's pretty wow. weird, but um, that is weird. It's Welcome true, and so they're really good at catching fire. Um, so whenever you hear the Californian bushfires and the wildfires, you call them over there. It's like oh, shouldn't have planted gum trees because they they do this every every decade or so because they they just like catching fire. That's what they used to. They need it. There's resin in their seed pods. Uh, bizarre. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Whoa. So that was a. I've never that, heard that of is this. A, that is introduced yeah. um, trees, but it's very beautiful in there. Like you, people loved it. Very in, ever since Instagram became a thing, it became very popular. It's always very busy in there. So finding a spot to film was actually quite tricky because there are just people everywhere. So like, okay, got to find yeah. somewhere that isn't full of people because I I don't know about you guys. I hate filming in public. Oh, yeah, like, oh yeah. Filming it's and so talking awkward. to the filming and talking to the camera in public is just like, oh, I want to crawl into my skin. Oh, somebody seen me. Oh no. There was one point in the towards uh, when I was lying on the ground next to a tree and I was looking at the tree <laughs> rings and some people just walked in front of me at one point because I was I thought I was fairly out of the way, but like there was a path. And I was just like, oh, I'm not filming down here. I'm just, this is normal. This is fine. <laughs> the thing with me is, like, I don't want to sacrifice quality. So my rig that I carry around in public is quite large, like, with a huge lens yeah. and a big fluffy microphone because my windscreen. And I had so many people, like, at Disney and on the cruise that I just went on come up and, like, are you making a documentary? Like, they thought I was, like, some feature filmmaker. And I was, like... I've seen your stuff. It's, it no. looks... I mean, it is legit. It's legit. Like, so I just tell them you work for Netflix and just yeah. move on. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could get some perks. But, yeah, I hate it. I hate being, like... I but hate see, that's it. how... That's how you can tell that you're a great filmmaker, Scott, is because when... Through that that tree video like you look like you're the only one there yeah you really did. And, <laughs> it was like yeah, i would be for, terrified to be there alone yeah exactly I, the the vlog brothers uh, john green i love i love the vlog brothers big inspirations um they uh, he re- not long ago made a video about um like being what's within the frame what's outside the frame and i just found that really mm-hmm. interesting because there's so That's many cool. things that go on outside the frame that we're not sharing and it's like oh, it's just interesting yeah. No, and mm-hmm. I think this is something which which we've talked about at d- different times. Has come over the last couple of years about like being authentic with our house plants and things. And there's a discussion going on at the moment about what we share, especially in the age of sharing things on social media. Do we want to share these these 
plants that are dying. Like, how does that make us feel? How does it reflect on us? I think it's important to share our failures as well. And I've always been very um, keen to do that on Scott Grows and Avocado Tree to share the the things that have gone wrong. You know, I've given so many plants root rot and I've talked about that. And it's like, what have I learned from that? Because there's learning experiences to be had from here. But we, we aren't perfect at doing these things and things go wrong. But right. I think that we're, we're so trained to ignore or not ignore, but to not share those things and just move away from them and pretend it doesn't happen because yeah. oh, what does that mean? We're, we're supposed to be these experts at, at keeping houseplants and they die sometimes. What does that mean? Oh, God, oh, existential yeah. and not people. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say it's about so true, us? <laughs> yeah. That's so true. <laughs> Dogs barking. I could just see the pain in Becca's face. Like, oh. <laughs> And she darts for the the mute button. All right. Well, we're getting close to an hour, so I guess a wrap-up question, Scott. Look, what are you excited about for the future? What's exciting you about either your avocados or that's pretty cool or what's coming up? Mm, Yeah, great question. So I think Scott Grows an Avocado Tree, I've been um, working on a Avocado Diaries series. That's already been up. I've put up like nine videos of that where we're following these avocados, which we have grown in the Avocado Lagoon. Um, Things are going Mm -hmm. well there. Um, You know, the the original premise of my channel was to document growing an avocado tree from seed to the point of bearing fruit. R.I.P. Norbert. Yeah, that's right. And all of (laughs) the attempts... I've had a number of attempts and um, a number of attempts that have failed. Like I've grown lots of trees that I've not been documenting. It's like, oh, okay. Um, and this one is working well. So I did d- totally different setup. Instead of growing them in water and toothpicks, which I've discovered is not the most effective way of doing it, um, growing them just in soil is pretty good. Um, but I've been growing them in, in a fish tank. And so the, that worked yeah. really well. And they're going. that's all going well. And... Um, they're almost a year old now and they're trees and, and things. I'm excited to continue to document those. As mm-hmm. for that's pretty cool. I'm just keen to, to see where it keeps going. I am getting ideas for videos quite frequently. It's like, oh, what are we, what are we going to do? So I've, um, I don't know how much I should say. When is this video coming out? Or this, when is this podcast coming out? What's, I would It'll probably be... say in like three weeks. Yeah. Okay. So I'll yeah, probably I was gonna have say, it. Can you share like a little? Can you share like maybe a topic of a future video with the audience? Yeah, a sneak peek. <gasps> a sneak peek. So one that has probably come out now, probably um, about bananas. <laughs> the octave <because> just <laughs> probably. This is probably bananas. Because I, I'm not sure. Because bananas. Because bananas are pretty cool. Um, lots of cool things to talk about bananas. So I. No, no, sorry, not ahead. to interrupt, but no, no. I, I watched a banana documentary and it was wild. Like, not mm-hmm. so much how they're grown and all that stuff about, like, the control that mainly the U.S. government has had on some third world countries solely around bananas. Whoa. And, like, yeah, it was yeah, insane. Yeah, it's so. wild. Well, they're the most popular, second most popular fruit crop. So tomatoes are the most popular and then bananas are the second most. So they're... If you think about all the weight of all the humans and then all the weight of all the bananas grown in a year, in a year, we grow a third of the weight of all the humans in bananas. There's a lot of, Whoa. so every, every single wow. person, there is a third of their weight in bananas. Is that we grow a bananas number of bananas. Um, so Dang. it's uh, not surprising. I'm, I'm not talking about so much the geopolitical side of things because I'm ill-equipped to do that. 
and yeah. I don't I find learning about that interesting um, communicating uh, learning enough about it because you need to learn a lot more about something before you can like teach it well so you need mm-hmm. to there's a lot more going on before you can mm-hmm. express it well and I'm just not in the place where I can do geopolitical stuff yet um, but I can talk about <laughs> bananas just as a fruit because I think they're pretty cool um, and possibly I love that Possibly now, if I say it out loud, it's going to have to happen. So um, yes, seals, but Ooh. not just specifically their whiskers, seal whiskers. Ooh, seal. Amazing! You just have to check. You just have to uh, stay tuned, and that's pretty cool to find out why. Seal whiskers. Seal whiskers. I feel I like your channel whiskers. is going to help me be like a trivia pro. Yeah. Like no, no joke. These are Snapple facts here. Do you guys have any 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 requests for videos in the future, if that's the case? Oh. It was okay. funny about your brain freeze one because I... Oh, sorry. Go, go, Becca. I've been talking a lot this episode. Oh, no. <laughs> that's Stop. fine. You're leading. That's natural. <laughs> Wait, you haven't done an episode on grass yet, have you? I haven't done an episode on grass yet. Okay, because when I moved here... I did not understand the concept of grass in that the grass, the individual blades of grass will turn brown and then those same blades will turn green again. Just that whole cycle to me is so strange. I did not, I thought that all the grass just died and new grass grew, but like from the bottom to the tip, it will just turn back green like an ombre. And I just, (laughs) that's very interesting. Yeah, it's so weird. Like my hair, yeah. that's right. Well, it doesn't go back to brown. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, that's very intriguing. I, I would need to do some learning about that, but I will... Lawn, grass, monocots, they're all very interesting things. So I'll have to uh, mm. delve into that. I have one. <laughs> Japanese beetles. <laughs> Japanese beetles? She Japanese wants to learn beetles. how to eradicate them. She doesn't want to learn more I about wanna, them. I want to learn where they came from, which I have a pretty good idea, why they exist, <laughs> <laughs> and how to kill every last one of them. I, I want to know where they came from, which I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have Japanese beetles in, in Australia, but I they're don't think very so. I'm going to have to Google it. Bear with me. They're like, very destructive in the United States. They're, for they're pretty. They're, they're pretty, actually, but they're a nuisance. <laughs> and that's putting it lightly. Ooh, they are very pretty. Um, they I destroy them. my rose bushes. So. Oh, that's no good. That's no. a good SEO. Mm-hmm. People are going to want to know all the history about... Japanese yes. beetles, especially yes, U.S. Scott. audience, Scott. I'm counting on you for this one. No okay. pressure. I'm going down a little a little rabbit hole there. I'll um <laughs> could be confused with green metallic colored beetles found commonly in Australia. We have a lot of beetles. I don't know if we have Japanese beetles, but I'll um, oh I'll have a thing. I might just have a conversation with you later. We'll see if that makes it into a video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's grass, do it. Grass, grass is an idea that has legs. Certainly, you have a lot of footage. Well, we might have a collaboration, Nicole. <laughs> Yes, I love collaborate. One. We've been thinking about a collaboration for a while, and we just—it's just hard to come up with collaborative ideas when I'm specifically I avocados. It's just hard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Christmas only comes about... around once a year. Yeah, yes. So I forgot to mention that, but Scott does a compilation video on his channel, and he gets a lot of YouTubers together. And mm-hmm. again, this man is so creative. If you've watched any of his videos, you will know. But uh, he like composes 
sends out tutorial videos. We follow along. I would mm-hmm. hate to know. I mean, he has seen the unedited footage from all of us, <laughs> and it makes me Which cringe. Which is a scary thought. Adam's <laughs> is possibly my favorite unedited footage from the last years. Um, Adam, so, Adam, I was so mean to myself. You, you were you were really unkind to yourself. Like, we need to talk about this positive self-talk, Adam. Like, really? got to be kind I, to Adam, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um amazing collaborator but yeah the grass i wanted to talk about the grass real quick because i i'm waiting for this video scott now so you're gonna have to do it because (laughs) i grew i grew up with grass all around my whole life so i never even paid it a second thought you know becca grows up with no grass really because she lived in the desert arizona and i mean there's grass but you know what i'm saying and so, like, there shouldn't be. It was like, <laughs> no, there shouldn't be. Not that's that, that American spirit. I mean, actually, that's, yeah. that's more the British. That's a leftover from colonization because we want it, the yeah. Americans. They want, we want to be better than Britain. So, grass everywhere. Grass is really easy <laughs> to grow in Britain because it's always <laughs> raining and miserable. Doesn't do that in yeah. Mexico. No, not at all. No, my but parents never, have a lawn, but it's that. recycled water. So, I'm like, okay, that's fine. But everyone else who has a lawn, I'm judging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the stuff you drink. You're using it to like make this useless crop grow. Like what what is the purpose yeah. here? Yeah. I don't have a very I high was... opinion on grass as a lawn in countries that aren't yeah. Britain. I know. My neighbors though have a watering system and they do water it does water my Joshua tree uh, uh <laughs> inadvertently, so I'm like, thank you. You're all for it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joshua Trees would be a great episode. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. That would be If ever we Joshua. do some touring, I'd love to visit the, the National Park as well, but um, it's real expensive ask, to come to the have US. Have you ever been to the States? I have not. Um, have you Have you seen how far away it is? Oh, my goodness. It's like... I know. Yeah. You guys talk about going, just popping over to different places and countries, and it's just like, oh, man, we live like... We can go to, like, Southeast Asia, which is pretty cool. Um, English yeah. is not super common. Uh, New Zealand's great, and, and then it's like everywhere else. Like the, <laughs> it's so far away. At some point, I'll probably make it out. I don't know. Um, uh, Joshua Tree looks like a cool place to visit, though. Joshua Tree National yeah, Park. Um, but sure. the trees themselves are they trees? That's a good question. Maybe depends oh. who you ask. Ooh. Cool. Okay. Wait. What some are like the agave. top? What are the top three places you think you'd go if you could come to the U.S.? Oh, now this is going to demonstrate my, like what I don't understand, where I don't, I don't, my, my lack of understanding of US geography. I think like, um, now I need to make sure in my mind that I say it like the word and not like Vegemite because they're spelt very similar. Yosemite, um, looks pretty cool. Not Yosemite, which is how I always said it until I heard somebody (laughs) else say it, which was embarrassingly recently. Um, it's been a few years now. Um, I feel like like the deserty places on the the westernish side of the country um, mm-hmm. would be fun, yeah. and that that's true. Natural places. Is there a people place that I want to visit? Chicago. Hmm. Chicago. What's in Chicago? You got to sell it for. I just know it is the windy city, right? Um, I'm in Chicago. But it's not for wind. <laughs> it's not called the windy city for wind. It's because there was a lot of politicians there, and it was a lot of hot air, and that's why they call it the windy city. Yeah. There's Wait, really? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to have to fact check this later. What? Becca. I don't. Literally, <laughs> when I was in Chicago, it was so windy. I'm like, well, the windy city. And you did not correct me, Nicole. You did not correct no, me. No, I say it all the time. I say it all the time. Every I'm time offended. it's windy, we say, we, we say the windy city. It's not cold because I, of the wind. Is I that feel tr- so silly. <laughs> I thought because just where it is geographically in cities are generally pretty windy, but okay. It um, is pretty windy, uh, though. For Nicole's benefit, yes, Chicago, because I absolutely have, you know lots of things that I would like to see in Chicago, um, and Nicole is th- the one of them currently. Yay! <laughs> okay. Well, Sorry to everyone who lives in Chicago. I'll, I don't, I don't I'll know much. I'll you. Sorry. Blake, no, you go, the, Adam. I, f- I feel like the, the little bit of lag, we're just always constantly erupting, and I really apologize. <laughs> But one thing about Chicago that I think would be a, a very interesting, that's pretty cool video, to be honest, because I heard it on a podcast before. But, you know, Chicago is right next to a Great Lake in the United States. We have the Great Lakes. These are cool. The and, Great Lakes. I think the Great Lakes are pretty cool. We don't have kind of the equivalent down here. Yeah. So there is yeah. a river called the Chicago River that flow that's supposed to flow into the Great Lake, which they did. And... You know, back in the industrial area era when people just the world was different. A lot of people were like that's where a lot of like the butchers and stuff were. They were dumping a lot of their stuff into the river that flowed out to the lake. But the lake is where the intakes were for like the sewage and people got their drinking water. So then you had a lot of breakouts of like diseases. So in Chicago, they jacked up all the buildings, they used dynamite, and they reversed the flow of the river to go from Chicago down to St. Louis instead of oh, from inner Chicago. Yeah, so they, like, these buildings are huge skyscrapers, too, but they use these giant, like, and that was, like, in early 1900s, and they yeah. reversed oh. the flow of a river. Yeah, and then St. Louis was mad because all the crap was going down to them. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Chicago yeah, I mean, thing to do. I can't Literal imagine crap. there being any significant ecological repercussions for this drastic action. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Reversing the way a river yeah. goes. Wow, that's... Okay, um, America. Woo, yeah, we can do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That, I did not know they did that. That's bad. Let's, let's not stop dumping our poop and dead animals into the river. Let's just reverse the river. Let's just because reverse it. We'll make the problem go away. problem. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Oh okay. Wow. Y- yeah. See if we can teach you some stuff too. <laughs> you can teach yeah. me some stuff. I-, I am very happy to sit and learn about things. That that's just shocked me a little bit. Is like they did that. Wow. I mean, am I totally surprised? Um, probably no. not. But it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm. Okay. Well, where can the audience find you, Scott? Plug your socials. My socials. So I am, my name is Scott and you can find me. My main place for avocado things online is my YouTube channel, Scott Grows and Avocado Tree. I'm also on Instagram at Scott Grows and Avocado Tree. You can find That's Pretty Cool on YouTube, That's Pretty Cool, or on Instagram as well. Underscore, underscore, underscore. That's pretty cool. There's three underscores (laughs) and I'm also on TikTok under the same name. I put the same content on both of those occasionally um i'm much more active mm-hmm. on youtube but you can if you if you like to add things to your tiktok and uh and instagram things you can do that um if you're interested in any of my other projects um i'll just list them very briefly i do a weekly running vlog with a friend i'm currently training for a marathon you can follow me along there that's on youtube specifically for running shoes 
uh, very exciting things going on there. And um, that's probably enough for you to remember. If you're into Zelda and ukulele music, you can follow me on Hyrule Ukulele on YouTube. But that's not very active. Ooh. At the moment. How um, many just YouTube got- channels do you have? <laughs> yeah. That one only gets like one or two a year. Um, but the rest get them weekly or fortnightly. If you if you go to Scott's Scott grows an avocado tree, just go to the ch- tab that says channels, and they're all it's linked there. It's all there. Thank you, Adam. Click yeah. on so them. So Scott grows an avocado tree. Um, I would yeah love love you all to check out. That's pretty cool. That's what I'm currently most excited about. So that's pretty cool on yeah. YouTube. If you're going to check me out anywhere at all, um, it would be there. Would be my my suggestion to get started because there's lots of interesting things and lots more interesting things in the pipeline. So that's yeah. pretty cool on YouTube. Can't wait for that Chicago River episode. I'm just I, it's, I mean, it's <laughs> going to have to happen Beatles. now, probably. It's like, do I hold uh, off until I come to the States or not? That's a, that's a question for another time, but <laughs> we'll get to work. You know, you feel like you know somebody because you watch their videos, and I'm sure we're all kind of in that boat, but I never really understood the level of, like, nerdiness but also excitedness that I love. And so now your mm. second channel <laughs> makes so much sense of, like, mm-hmm. you are a curious soul who wants to just learn as much as you can, and I think that that's so cool. So, yeah, yeah well, thank that's you. pretty cool. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, you can find Adam at NotBoy on Instagram. Uh, you can find Nicole at uh, My Clean Plants, and you can find Becca at... Uh, um, I have. What was the funny one that you come up for, you guys? Um, <laughs> Dela House Plants. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if mine had a funny nickname. Becky. Becky. I'm always Dela calling Plants. her Dela Tanks. Becky Dela Plants. Tanks. Just, just your name. <laughs> as well. Yeah. Dela Paz. Just Becky. And audience, <laughs> like I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we've enjoyed recording it. And. Scott needs ideas for that's pretty cool. So if there's anything you've ever wondered about, <laughs> anything you're ever curious about. Put them on today's post's comments, which will probably yep. be a picture of Scott's gorgeous face. And yep. uh, well, thank you. give him all the ideas of all of the things <laughs> that you want to know about. And he'll make your dreams come true. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you're putting a lot of <laughs> pressure on him. The promises there. We'll see how we go. Um, <laughs> I will do my best, though. <laughs> Thank anyway. you so much, Scott. Yes, we Thanks really for having me, guys. This, this was lots of fun. Um, we did. We talked a little bit about avocados in there, mostly about um, Australian Birds. wildlife, which well, that's, that's fine. That's how that's our podcasts good. go. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, I'll uh, I'll catch you all another time. Yeah, yeah we're gonna Thanks. have to have you back. We have a lot Thanks, more to talk audience. about. Thanks, audience, for being here, and we'll uh, talk to you next episode. Okay. Bye. 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 For that that high pitch one. Bye! Is that how? (laughs) That's how it is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You nailed it. One, two, three, Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.